your points of pressure open. Foot and fist got your head hanging open. The breath rebirth. I damage in the mental and physical universe. You quake the earth when you hit face first. Break before it gets worse. But those that thirst for abuse get loose. Cause soon I'll be around that neck tight like a new God showing through. Then the juggernaut, electric like Magneto. Know you couldn't test mental or not the sequel. I slip to the floor for the grapple. I crack your collarbone while I crush your Adam's apple. Hello, welcome to I Want More Comics Podcast number 59. I'm Richie. I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And uh, let's move into the news. Let's just start it up. Burn it. Uh, So, uh, we have the sad news to talk about that uh, Len Wein, uh, the great uh, Marvel and DC editor, writer, uh, passed away this uh, week. I never, I never got to meet him, but every every report I've ever heard is the guy was like the nicest dude ever. That's what I heard too. Is so. He's incredibly nice. Yeah. Um, kind of sad. If you do not know who Len Wein is, he's the co-creator of Swamp Thing with Bernie Wrightson, and the uh, co-creator of Wolverine. Um, mm-hmm. He was editor of X Men during the Chris Claremont time, and he was also the editor of Watchmen with Alan Moore. Uh, he was born June. That's some tw- big names there. Yep, he was born <laughs> June- Wolverine and editor of Watchmen. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. I know he's got connections. Uh, he was born June twelfth, nineteen forty eight, and he passed away on September tenth, uh, twenty seventeen. He was sixty nine years old. Uh, if you do not know who Len Wein is, definitely check him out. He uh, is a huge titan of the industry. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, you may have seen all the creators and all the people doing the outpouring of support for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was a titan, and uh, yeah, he will be uh, sadly missed. It is kind of devastating, and I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, we lose titans in this industry, and it's almost like you have to let people know why they were titans. They're so hidden in the background of the characters themselves. Well, anybody who's interested, I mean, if you're following Paul Levitz on Twitter, mm-hmm. he's been doing um, little stories about Len Wein throughout the entire week. Oh, really? Yeah. That's been, awesome. It's been really awesome. cool because he's talking about just situations that him and they were working together or something that he knew he had done, that kind of stuff. They're actually really cool stories, so if you get a chance, check those out. Well, R.I.P., because he was a great talent, and it's definitely a dark spot in the industry. Yes, absolutely. Um, another thing in the news is uh, the sales figures for some of the books have come out from last month, and Dark Knight's Metal Number 1 uh, was the number one seller at 250,000 copies. Goodness gracious. A uh, quarter of a million. <laughs> uh, so the last big comic book was Walking Dead. Uh, which one? What was that 25 cent issue? Oh, the uh, one, was one sixty-seven, something like something that. Like that. Sixty-six. Yeah, 67. whatever. The Walking Dead uh, 25 cent issue. That one was only 25 cents, of uh, course, and that one sold 300,000 copies. Whoa! But since then, uh, this well, is going to be a quarter. The, that's not real too. That's too that is to too. That is a good point. So. <laughs> so, uh, so wow. Yeah. So, so this so. number that really says the number for Dark Knight. Yep, it was a 4.99 comic book too. Dang. Make that money. That's that's some money. <laughs> I I don't see it slowing down from this point either. After, you know, it being exposed to number two and everything coming out. Uh I, it's a good time to be a comics fan. Uh, that's that's well, fantastic for you, news. For you DC fans, it's a good time. It is. It's very good. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, you DC fans. That's right. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you red. You dirty red. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think that's going to be yeah, lukewarm. And I think uh, no, I think you're excited. That's that's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of number there. And I think number two will be even more. Is that close to what he was doing with New Fifty Two or? Well, I mean, the, what are you talking about? Uh, like at the peak, uh, Snyder and them. Oh no, I mean those guys were. Uh, I think they were top a hundred thousand. Okay, dang. So, so oh wow. Yeah. So this drew some new people. Yeah, that's yeah. This is a big event book, and this you, know, you only you only get those numbers if every comic shop in the country has been ordering at least some. That's funny because that number is super exciting, and I think with our spinning the racks what? today, it'll be how many how many issues did we did we sell through a number one? Us alone. Lot. It was like two hundred. I was going to say it's, yeah, it's like around. That. It's yep. over two hundred. I know that much. Yep. Yeah. Well, because we got reorders in on it too, like twice. Yeah, we have, <laughs> and so, we still and we still sold out of that. Yeah. Yep, yep, we have. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a massive seller. If you've not mm-hmm. for some reason picked it up or, you know, uh, don't know what it is, definitely check it out. <laughs> it's should, the big yes. thing that's going on right now. The so, newest in GNU. It's 
brilliant too. I love it. Yes, we will talk about it more on this podcast. I'm sure <laughs> yes, uh, in the future that will happen. Uh, another fun, exciting, um, old school kind of throwback news: uh, Walt Simonson will pencil a story uh, in Thor number seven hundred, part of the Marvel Legacy. Wow. Uh, yep, he's gonna. Yeah, and he's put some of the. He had a little bit to do with Thor back in the day. Exactly. <laughs> he has. Uh, he's been putting up some of the pages on uh, Twitter and Facebook of of that, and they're just awesome. So if you're a Thor fan, Walt Simonson fan, I think that's going to be awesome, which I am both. So uh, super excited about that. It, yeah, that's that's incredible, and I think that's is the need it, for the fans, be especially because you're talking about. Him? Do you know? Hmm? I'm sorry. If is it's it going to be, be him and his wife, or just him? I think Louis Simonson is doing something. Yeah, I think he, he she may be helping him write it. I think. Uh, but he's doing one of the stories because the 700s an oversized. It's the biggest of the Marvel legacies. It's going to be a six dollar comic, if I remember correctly. So, um, but it's some twenty eight pages. But but something in there is going to be uh, done by Walt Simonson. So, uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, pretty awesome. I think so too, and it does kind of show the direction that they're going with this legacy style mm-hmm. um, type of really, really focusing on what you know, really what we've been preaching since the start of this podcast of, you know, what we expect legacy should be. Sure. So I'm I'm excited that they're moving into that. Yeah. No. I. Uh I definitely agree. Um, and then, of course, we just always talk about our in-store things because you never know when uh, it's going to be someone's first. Every podcast first. is someone's first podcast. Exactly. So uh, we every every Wednesday and Friday night. What? what? Uh, <laughs> every Wednesday and Friday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, we do a live have, stream sale. Yep, we That's do right. a live stream sale. These two fools get up in front of the camera and go, hey, buy this stuff. Check it out. We got some cool stuff you guys want. Exactly. This one's four bucks. Four bucks. This was $32. Buy this. <laughs> bam. That's exactly. what you guys do. Exactly. That's almost the perfect it. description of it. Yes, <laughs> it is. And we do that every Wednesday and Friday from 6, six to, to 8. On Facebook. Time. Yep, so if you're on Facebook. On and Facebooks, like us. Just like us. Love and us. You'll see whenever we go live it'll say we uh, demand love we all uh, we go live gently lovingly touch our ears that's right yep rub Richie's belly Uh, we also have a couple of book clubs we have a uh, manga book club that we uh, do on the second to last Thursday of every month Uh, that's from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. here in store you guys read mangas Uh, uh, yeah we read manga right now we're going through the Dragon Ball Saga we're on volume 3 of the Uh 3-in-1s which are available in store if you are local Uh, they're 25% off for a uh, walk-in, 30% off for a hold slot. Yep. Uh, if you are not local, then um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, we also have a comic book club. This month is Try going harder. to be uh, Day Tripper. Try. That's going to be the last Thursday of the month. Uh, that's going to be from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. a great Beatles song. Yep, Day Tripper's an awesome Beatles song. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, uh, it was a comic book? Yep. It's actually yep. a comic book, Fabio too. Moon and uh, Gabriel Bach. I Bob. heard of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the uh, episode number 57, if you're looking at your news feed, uh, you probably saw that, that we talked about it a little bit in depth there. So if you can't make it to our book club, you can listen to it there. But please uh, make it to our book club. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, and either way, read that book. Day Trippers yeah, is amazing. It's an amazing book. So uh, And again, same deal, 25% off for walk-ins, 30% off for uh, hold slot members. Yeah. Um, if you are, I mean, this will be funny sometime in the future, but if you're listening to this and it's still the week of September 13th, 2017, you can walk in our store in the back. Uh, the front is having construction. Yes. For you future people, don't worry about it. That's right. Um, That's for future Sean to worry about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. Facebook. We have a uh, website. Why do we have all this stuff? Ooh, because you need it. We, we want to be noticed. Exactly. So notice us. Exactly. So um, please check us out. Like, like and share. share. Yep. That's right. And, uh, and you know, do all that. All right. I've heard this that before. Sounds great. Yeah. I've heard this feel. Let's move into Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. All right. Well, uh, why don't we start with, um, well, you know what? I'm really interested in yours, Zach. Tell me about it. I'm not really, but you can tell us anyway. Okay. I am interested. It's a, it was a weird one for me. Uh, so my pick of the week from last week was um, Star Wars Adventures number one. Uh, that is the new IDW All Ages uh, Star Wars comic. So really quick question. Yeah. How the hell did they get the How rights? did that happen? I don't know. Because Marvel yep, I is don't supposed know. to be exclusive. And there's nothing in the book that says, uh, you know, in conjunction with Marvel. 
so I don't know. Did some well, guy find Disney? Because Disney owns all. Or, well, yeah, did, yeah. Did some guy find some legal line that he could follow and was just Something like, else. we can make a comic <laughs> and sneaking this under the. It's maybe I don't know. Biggest Kinda shadow. Weird. Maybe maybe they went and said, hey. Um, maybe specifically all ages comics, you know, something that they could that they didn't sign for. Right. I got something. nothing. So yeah. it's, it's so, incredible that it's just there anyway. Yeah. So um, the reason why I picked this is because exactly like I said before, it's an all ages comic. This is for everybody. You can be a boy, girl. You can be a mom, a grandma. You can be a, a devout comic book reader. I you can be a first be a time. Yeah. You can be a first time comic book reader. Uh, you'll really dig I this. Grandma show. The first issue um, <laughs> delves into a little bit of the backstory of Ray on Jakku. Okay. And about how she um, goes through her day-to-day life and um, how Unkar plot, you know, deals with her. And um, like I said, you're going through kind of an adventure. There, of course, it's an all-ages comic, so there's some backups. One of them is the tales of Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, while he's on uh, Tatooine and also, like, during the... Um, prequel era stuff, kind of, uh-huh. you know, doing his own missions. Uh, plus, there's a ton of uh, fun, you know, there's uh, some fun cartoons with, like, droids and stuff in there. Um, all around in, in a package. It's just a really fun comic. I, uh, when I was sitting down reading this, I just had a lot of fun. It's not groundbreaking. It's not edgy. It's not the newest thing that's going to shake the industry. But it's been a long time since I've read a comic that I can absolutely uh, recommend recommend to anyone and actually mean that and not be like a kids comic. Right. And when people say kids comics, you think it's going to be Blue's Clues, let's find the red shape here, and adults really don't want to read that. I enjoy them. They're very intense well, for me. Then I do you are, where the shape you is. You are in the minority. Like, where is that red triangle? Exactly. It's, you are in deep. the minority. So, this is not that. Um, <laughs> when, when people nowadays hear all ages comics, uh, there's a big shy away even like I said, uh, when I said I was going to pick this, pretty much everyone in store said, "Really, that one?" Yeah. Um, and did you say anything? Uh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I didn't it, even know what your pick was until yeah, you just said it. Th- there you go. Uh, but it's proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It's a great. Co- if you love Star Wars, love like Simba. Yeah. If you if you love Star Wars <laughs> and you love um, Ray and Obi Wan Kenobi and all that sort of stuff, I think you'll really dig this. I think this is going to be. Um, we don't know. People just read it already. Yeah. It, I, mean, I don't think. Really I don't know if it's in continuity sell you here. because of the weird, um, like yeah, you said, IDW thing. Yeah. But if it is, then really cool because, like I said, this first one is mostly about Ray and about um, her being left there and having well, to God damn it, we gotta read herself. It. I'm gonna read it right now. Um, I'm leaving. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and if you're looking for a great comic for your kids or something that you can read and enjoy, like I said, this is a true, truly all-ages comic. It doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. The artwork is uh, is just like the cover. In fact, uh, one of the covers that Chris Somni did for the variant is really cool. I really like that one. So being a Star Wars fan mixed with... Um, I'm always hoping that they make... Uh, this is just an old school thing that I don't talk about, but I really like um, and wish that there were more all-ages comics. And what I mean by that is just something that everyone could read. I don't know if you want to get metal to a five-year-old. No. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think you can grab and get... You can't uh, give Batman to a five-year-old. Exactly, exactly, and that's a bummer. And I think that that's actually a detriment to um, the industry because that's how you get kids hooked is when they read a Batman comic or a Superman thing. And I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying that I, when they do an all ages book, I definitely like to support it because um, the ones that stick around, things like Mouse Guard and things like that, that everyone can read, those are huge hits eventually and people love them. But they don't sell well at first because everyone hears all ages and then they shy away from it. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Star Wars Adventures, a lot of fun. I'd, you Very know. intriguing pick. Nice. Yeah. Um, I went with the opposite, where it's not all ages at all. It's definitely an adult book. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you and uh, Sean picked the same thing, actually. Did we? Did you pick the same? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you were going to do this or the Muttley one, because you sold me on the Muttley one. The Muttley one is pretty good. Yeah. But the char- the quirky-ass character that's introduced in here, I loved it, a lot. I did, too. I liked her. So we both picked uh, Walking Dead. Uh, this week, 171. number 171. Yeah. Introduction of a new character who is 
It's in the title. It's called Fear the Princess. She's a, she's an odd little ducky, but she's a lot of fun. <laughs> I the the thing about Walking Dead, and I think that you share this with me, is it always has been that it's more about the characters than it is the object of zombies being around. Oh yeah, and, that's how I used to sell it to people, and it's characterization right. it has nothing to do with zombies. Right, really. the zombies are almost a, and they should be at this point really a non sequitur. It's like oh yeah, and there's zombies, you know. And in this book... Well, they're always a threat, but you never know when they're going to happen. And I'll say that, especially with the time jump that they had, a lot of the times I'm trying to figure out who's who. You know, I'll be reading a a character and I'm like, wait, which one is that again? You know, there's so many characters in this because they've expanded their universe so wide that a lot of times I find myself trying to find who this is. Like, where is he connected to who? You know, you have your base six, and then you kind of bleed into well, that. Well, I forgot about the preacher. <laughs> right. And then his unceremonious death and whatever damn issue that was. Where yes. He's trying to get up a water with... tower, and he, like, <laughs> falls in the ladder and snaps his leg, and they just come up and eat him. I'm Spoilers! Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, that happened. Right. You do, that's been oh, out yeah, for, so for, like, long, a year. Yeah. So if you haven't read that, it's your the Walking own problem. Dead comic is... <laughs> and it's very different from your TV show, so don't worry, you weirdos. You're not, yeah. Yeah, but... But this particular issue was she was a lot of fun. But it's nice it, to see it, it, it was character. a weird, quirky, almost lighthearted turn in the book, which is abnormal for this book. Correct, and usually ends badly. But this one seems like a badass in her own sense as well, which is interesting. So uh, I'm I'm all about welcoming and in a new character into the Walking Dead mythos. Well, and especially this far into the game, when you can welcome a new character that's got a completely abstract but fresh and intriguing voice. Yes, exactly. Because we so it's not the same run of the mill. Oh, here's another introduction of another character that's evil like the governor, right? Or, or yeah. evil like Negan, right? Or evil like you know, yeah. This is she's completely off the chain. So <laughs> she's she's out there. Her own thing for sure. She's an over talker because she hasn't talked to people in a while. And <laughs> if you ever met anybody who hasn't been around people for a while and they get around people, they just don't know when to yeah, actually shut up. Yeah, and so. I can't wait for her to meet Negan. I, if she does. I really want that to happen. So, um, And the other reason I did pick this book was because I thought it was interesting with their what they did with the variants mm. that people went crazy about. Um, just an industry-wise, I thought it was one of the harder things that people don't recognize about the comic book world is that sometimes surprises happen to us just as quickly as it happens to you. Um, when you it, take a book and you change a cover and it's a variant because the cover's different, right? That's pretty standard. Yeah, that happens all the time. It's it's yeah. pretty normal. Well, when you change the interior part of a book, in some way, right? That's and, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> what? So this is a variant of a variant, basically, right. is what we're talking. There about was here. essentially a variant they made, and then within that variant, they had a color change on the signature. The color was blue or pink. And the pink ones had an extra six pages of content that was a preview of panels from for the upcoming book for the next issue. And we had no idea that that was a thing. Image just randomly put those comics in our polls. We don't even know how, what the there's no ratio to it. There's, I have no idea. It, it was so random. Some stores got like, I ordered ten copies and four of them were the pink one. Some <laughs> right. of them were well, I ordered sixty copies and I got one. So you have no idea really what the ratio is. Yeah. So so there were people really wanting that comic and we were just like, we got two and we and didn't we sold know them they in exist. Five yeah. minutes. Oh, they were gone. So. And it, it's just interesting in the comic book world because as a person that purchased comics, I wouldn't know that you guys couldn't order that specific comic. And this is one of the this is one of the two twists that have happened while I've been a, as an employee of this shop, where uh, we were kind of messed by the industry. You know, there was the one of the bigger ones I remember was in the kickoff of Rebirth. They were changing the cover, oh. and we didn't know mm. what the cover was until it came out, and we had to do all these massive reorders because. They had yeah. changed. I think they even changed the title once. So, uh, the death of Hawkman. The was death of Hawkman was a change. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting that they still do these quirks to give us a surprise as well. Yeah. 
um, and we we can't pre- prepare for it. It's just it's going to happen, and that's how it how it happens. So, not only is it a great kickoff to a new character with an origin story, but then they add in a new flavor of an experience that the comic shops can enjoy with you as well. <laughs> enjoy. That's, <laughs> yeah, the, way that's to put the word. It. Enjoy. So uh, that's our pick. I think it's a great read. If you're reading Walking Dead, this is a nice refresher after a really dark arc just passed. <laughs> so um, I'm happy. I'm happy to keep going in. So good. All right. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Oh, yeah. Then let's spin those racks. Spinning the racks. Spinning the racks. All right. So today in spinning the racks, uh, we wanted to talk about the image uh, founding story. What uh, kind of going in depth into Image Comics as uh, as we were talking about this. If you've listened to our previous episode where we talked about the '90s, uh, we just lightly touched upon this. Uh, you know, everyone of course knows um, you know the basic story about uh, the guys leaving to make Image, but uh, tonight today we were thinking about delving really deep into it and kind of talking about you know what was happening why they did it uh what happened because of it what how did it uh affect comic book stores how did it affect themselves how did it affect the industry the whole thing it really is a it's a epic change in the you know history of the medium and the yes. industry as a whole yes it, it's something that needs to be talked about and we we like to do era discussions and we did a 90s one where we kind of brushed over this tiny bit but uh, if we're honest with ourselves th- this really defined where comics would go for a while yes and uh, and it was one of the biggest challenges to the big two yes and so i think it is it's important that we sit down and discuss and focus on the image, the creation of image, and yes. what happened to it as a whole, and what does it mean for comic books nowadays, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. So why don't we start at the beginning? Yeah, so at the very beginning, um, you know, kind of going into it, the industry was set in its ways. Uh, it was something that uh, it had been doing for decades since. We're the- doing basically page for. Higher work. Yeah, paid for higher work. Um, uh, you paid a rate to do produce pages. Yep, and when Whether people you're a writer like uh, or an artist, it didn't. Either way. Yep, yeah. when people like Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld and those guys got on those books, uh, they were told well, they okay. started getting on. So they you know, started off in earnest on smaller books and then yep. worked their way up to larger books like X Men, like Avengers, like Spider Man. Whatever books it was, they they were working on larger books, and they started really honing their styles. Yes, especially the artists, especially the Todd McFarlane's and Jim Lee's and stuff like that. Absolutely, they started honing what their styles were and started coming out with this just this really gripping artwork that made you want to pick up the book. Yes, so the book started selling in in up to the millions. Yes, and the the late eighties, early nineties. Yep, and people at Marvel at that time uh, told Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson those people draw Spider-Man the way he's been drawn since the 60s we don't do anything changing when you change stuff you know that's not what we do John Romita Jr. I mean, John Romita Sr. and uh, Steve Ditko. Those are your two artists for Spider-Man. Right. And Todd McFarlane and a lot of those guys said, well, we live in the 90s now. We want Mary Jane to look that way. We want to have the awesome-looking costumes and poses and things like that. Um, and they went we out. We want to put our own imprint we on We want to put our own thing on there. And... Um, they told they actually told this to the uh, artists and writers at that time. This is the early '90s. Uh, a lot of people aren't there anymore. They said the characters are more important than any creator. No one cares about the creators. Right. Um, people are going to buy Spider-Man if you draw it, Todd, or if Bob down the street buys it. It doesn't matter. And this is a stance that they take a lot. The big two. Yeah. They, they really, when it comes to push to shove, they will always push on the characters yes. bigger than said actor yes parallel so today's world so like sean was saying during that time that was when you started getting um the uh selling in the uh, millions um 
that's when you started in the early 90s that when the x-men restarted with jim lee yep uh, x-men one had six covers is that right five six covers six Six. yeah six Six covers and they sold something like eight million eight million copies of (laughs) spider-man from todd mcfarlane when he was given a book because todd mcfarlane todd mcfarlane is the instigator amazing he's he's the instigator for all this right he was um the he was doing amazing spider-man they were selling tons of copies and famously with mcfarlane we've mentioned it before but you can really picture a McFarlane Spider-Man. Yes, uh, down to he the was webbing. One of the first one to draw the webbing so you so uniquely. Yeah, basically. it was knotted and it looked it snotty had the, it had and the weird sticky. Extra yeah. circles around it. Correct. And, yes, and and that's that's what uh, like when, when, and he was he was one of the early ones to draw the really dynamic poses that I mean oh, they, yeah. they were pretty dynamic anyway before but but he was really kind of going way over the top with some of the stuff he was absolutely drawing. yeah I would say that uh, Casado you could tell he was trying to put his mark on right it. It, he didn't really care about where his leg could go or should be but as where it could be you know he, he wanted he said that he wanted to make stuff look cool right he wanted stuff to look cooler mm-hmm. uh, because because that's and what, why not it's comic books and that's and, yep. and I'll tell you that when I was a kid at this time, I remember comic books being like poster worthy all the time. Sure. Every book you looked at was fantastic. It was hard to see anything like there was no bleh when it came or no vanilla, if you will, when it came sure. to comic book display. Well, and this was the first time I think that artists really overtook from what the oh, writing was. Absolutely. It the became more important to just early nineties was art about flashy art than to sure. have the solid story. Absolutely. Because yes. before it was very the comics comics were extremely story driven, but the art was basically. I mean, if the art told the story with the comic, it was a bonus. It, yeah, it was. It was nice. So you you know it, it, <laughs> it just made the to. book that much better. Right. But this is the first time I think the artist actually overtook and ran the asylum. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, the pendulum so, had swung. <laughs> so at that time, McFarlane being the smart business per- person he was, saw that they were making millions and millions of dollars. I mean, he knew Marvel was off making, of um, his DC licensing. were making a tr- chunk of money off of what he was doing. Yeah, and and he says in uh, if you have not watched it, there's a great documentary out there called The Image Revolution. Highly recommend it. Yeah, check it, it out. Um, definitely check it out. But you can hear some of these um, kind of more in depth things, where basically um, he asked Marvel. He said, "Hey, if you aren't going to pay me for this stuff, can I at least get a copy of the T-shirt lunch?" box poster and they said no you have to buy it and then I even given him his own artwork on yes toys. exactly <laughs> so at that moment he said well I'm you know I'm pretty angry and I'm gonna leave and they said don't do that because they realized that he was making them millions of dollars and they gave him the uh, spider-man book that first volume that you've seen a billion times with the gray cover uh, the silver cover the uh, yeah, gold, gold cover, cover all that so um so, so they were doing that and you know at that time Eric Larson was on spider-man after he uh, left. He, he was doing amazing. Uh, Mark Silvestri was on X Men. Jim Lee was on X Men. Uh-huh. Jim Valentino was on uh, Guardians. Right. And uh, basically, uh, after a little while, uh, Todd McFarlane, you know, saw what was happening and said, "Why don't we start our own company?" Because, you know, he thought. And rightly so, that people would follow them, that people were buying the Spider-Man books that he was drawing because he was drawing them, um, not because it was just. And this, people were buying X books because Jim Lee was drawing. Right. Yes. People were buying X Force because the Rob Liefeld Life was, was drawing, drawing it. it. Yes. And breaking this down, so. the, he's an absolute visionary because he's right. He's a hundred percent correct in this. No one's ever been more right in this venture yeah. um, than he was at this very moment. Well, you, you know what? One of the biggest things that was told to us by Will's Portacio of why people. People sign exclusive contracts for um, like Marvel or DC or any of the companies. Yeah, what is that? Because they get healthcare benefits. Yeah, I can see. If you it. have exclusive rights, you get healthcare benefits. If you don't, you're just still getting paid. You're just paid for whatever your work is, and you got to deal with all that stuff. Wow. So a five-year contract means you got five years of healthcare. Wow. You're taken care of. Right. Yep. Well, it's it's kind of crazy to think about that. That's super nuts. Yeah. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, is I'm a DC fanboy through and through but I've always known that DC and Marvel to be fair were built in an era uh, upon 
where shady they, business. Oh, like no. Ownership the businessmen were like, how many of these units can we move? Meaning, right. how many comic books can I sell? Yeah. Back in the 40s, it was very much a, hey, I think I could sell my <coughs> comics if I dump you in here. Produce me work. Yeah. I'm going to pay you $10 a page. Well, back then, it would have been hell of a lot cheaper than that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. back then, it would have been like, hey, I'm going to give you Three a quarter cents, a page yeah. or whatever <laughs> right. the hell. But they didn't. They, they got paid. comics at a quarter, so. Yeah, yeah they got paid basically a, a life's wage for their artwork that would have been akin to lower middle class. Right. Sure. Well, uh, famously, Siegel and Schuster sold uh, Superman for $300 to DC Comics. Yeah. So. That was um, a bad life choice. Yeah. It was such a bad. But anyway, so so in the 90s. <laughs> that's, that's the shady. That's yep. like so, so mobster style. Yeah, but that continued foundation. all the way up until the beginning, the foundation of Image. Basically. Absolutely. So um, the. Uh, so in the 90s, like I said, uh, there was millions of dollars. The industry was at the height uh, that, you know, it hasn't been since, like, the golden age when people were... Since the 40s. Yeah, since the 40s. When everybody uh, was comic book stores were opening up everywhere. People were, um, people were, like I said, making a living based off these comics because uh, when, when a new comic own. came out, you know, someone would come in and buy $500 worth of the, just one issue. Yeah. And if you did that 10 times, look at all that money you just made. Isn't that wonderful? Um, when the bottom fell out, that's when it's bad. But uh, but talking about the image stuff, so basically, um, after a while, McFarlane got fed up, and he said, I want to go start my own company. Well, and they started talking amongst themselves they started about talking how they felt that they were being kind of screwed over, and they were not making, this, they were not making the money that, that they were making... Uh, or that the company was making. They weren't really seeing a slice of that. Yeah, they were, I, they were seeing basically nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Because um, you're, you're, you're doing creations for a company that are owned by a company. Right. And if you create anything new, I mean, when you're under contract to that company, it becomes you their did, Yeah, their you did creation. that under their umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and there's, a, uh, uh, there's another um, interview that I saw with McFarland where he said that he, they did the math. If they did uh, what they made from a comic book with the sales, I think was like... 25% I think what they said and they said that so if they and they figured out that if they only sold 6,000 copies of their new venture they would make the same amount of money that they did over at Marvel and DC right um, which is kind of ridiculous which is that yeah um, it wound out that the first image books the Young Blood, Spawn things like that made 125% more than most of the other books in the industry <laughs> so they made uh, so they basically they were became instant, over, yeah, overnight millionaires, millionaires. Right. but anyway so basically what happened is that they started talking um, the big the big ones were uh, uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, Todd McFarlane, um, and, Jim Lee. and uh, well, Jim Lee they got later, but but the, the, well, the first three. Well, the first meeting they had was with Marvel. Yes, yes. And they went and met with Terry Stewart and um, what the hell, Tom DeFalco. Yeah. And said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna bail. We're gonna bail. We mm-hmm. we're gonna we got our own thing. We're gonna start. We're we're all leaving. Right. And if if you're not careful, in the future you're gonna have a bunch of more artists leaving. Right. I guarantee you. Yep. And, and and they just blew them off. They said, well, you're well, going to go out there and Marvel fail. Marvel doesn't yeah. bend they, to this at all. They yeah. said, you're going to go fail. Right. Go, good yeah. luck. So, so, then they, so then they walked over to DC. And said yeah. the same shit. And DC was like, oh my goodness, we have Jim Lee and Eric Larson and Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane. Mm-hmm. They want to work for us. And they said, hey, uh, we don't we're not gonna work for you either we just want to let you know what's going on and DC was confused <laughs> they're like well you're not working for Marvel and you're not working what what yeah, exa- exactly. you can't make comics without us <laughs> exactly so well and what was the, the foundation was the first the first eight basically well the first seven. seven the first seven yeah and the, then the, the eighth one was more of a it's, consultant it's way later um, okay. but yeah so you know, like I said it's gonna be Tom McFarlane Rob Liefeld um, Jim Lee Jim Lee Mark Silvestri Mark Silvestri Jim Valentino Eric Larson. Uh, Eric Larson. And Wills Portacio. And Wills Portacio. Those were the guys. And again, like I said, um, they slowly garnered Chris people. Claremont is actually in on a lot of the he, meetings. Yeah. He didn't exodus with them. There were, he definitely said, there were more you creators. guys have a good idea. You should go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there were more creators <laughs> who started and helped out with Image, right. but they didn't make the public stance going on they CNN. They didn't jump going, off the freaking plane. They no. were just kind of like, 
you're doing great on the plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so See how this works out for you. <laughs> so they so uh, Let me and know how it and is at the you bottom. know and slowly but surely they started grabbing people, mm-hmm. and uh, you know like Mark Silvestri was he was about ready to retire from comics. He was like, I don't want to do comics at all anymore. Right. And they said, No, come work for us. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to deal with anything. Well, initially when they broke off, they broke off into mini studios. Yes. So they were they they basically did images and umbrella. Yes. Right. It was an umbrella corporation, and each one had their own other company underneath the publisher of Image. Okay. Image was the publisher. All of their other little sub companies were the actual companies. So, and the reason why they did that is because they didn't want they would they basically couldn't have creative control over the other publishers' stuff. So, stuff, right? Because McFarland Productions was his own thing. Um, Wildstorm was, was Jim, Jim Lee, Lee, and that was his own thing. Highbrow was Eric Larson initially. Yeah. Um, Shadowline was Jim Valentino. Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme, of course, was Rob Liefeld. Of course. And Top Cow was Silvestri. Yes. So they, they had created all these little sub-companies <laughs> under the banner of Image Comics. That way, they couldn't, Silvestri couldn't go to Jim Lee and be like, hey, man, you can't do that in your company. Right. He, he couldn't say anything. Yeah. Right. Jim Lee could do whatever the hell he wants. And, and it's still that way to this day. Um, Image does not own any of the rights to anything that they publish. They're they just a just, publishing They're house. just a publisher. So they make money based off of... Um, they, they're, well, just like the old adage, they make money based off of how many units move. Yes. That's, it doesn't matter what business you're in. As a comic book store, that's how we make yes, money. How many comics am I going to sell? Exactly. That's how we make money. So exactly. it's you can't get away from that. You, it's a supply-demand... Of course. You know, basic economics type thing. But it's a publishing company. But it's a publishing sense. company. And basically, they, they found out, like Zach said, you need to make... You need to sell about... What was it? It's not six, it's like 5,000. Or 5,000, yeah. You need to do 5,000 copies. And then after that, anything you do after that is all profit. Right. So as long as you can sell 5,000 copies of any comic that we're publishing, we'll continue to publish your comic. Right. Yes. If you want to future publish and you're under 5,000, you got to make up the difference, but you can publish the next one. Exactly. So some people like Jay Farber, and this isn't part of the Image Founders. but Yeah, this isn't part of the Image Founders, but it's an important is information image, because yeah, yeah. Farber produced noble causes for years by himself because he, he had a passion. Yeah, he had a passion for the book. He actually he went and got there. like a $100,000 loan from the bank and spent money each month getting out his comic hmm. uh, because Image wow. said... Image he made said, basically nothing on it. Yeah, exactly. Which, and actually the book itself is not, it's really good. Right. It is good. Totally. It's hard as hell to find now. It is. Because he didn't, he made, you know, there's yeah. less than 5,000 published of each, almost every issue. Right. But it's, that's just kind of how the model worked. But so this model is almost, uh, it starts as the old model and now turned into something that would never happen and they create this model and all of a sudden these guys launch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, spawn. Well, they, it, it well, blew so, up right away. Yeah. Because of, because of the people and the high-profile artists that they were at the time, mm-hmm. when they broke off to do Image, I mean, it exploded. The, like you said, the first book was Youngblood that came out. Right. That was the first yes. Image book that came out. Where were you at at this time? I was in high school. World. So you're, I, you're I buying was just comics? in. Yeah. I, okay. I actually, I happened to fully be into comics Right before all this exploded. Okay, so you were you were immersed it was in the about world. A year before. So this is shaking up everything. Yeah. No, I, yeah, because I got in and I was starting to read comics and I was starting to read the big two, uh-huh. and I was a capes and tights guy, just like all you fools are right. when you start off. Gateway drugs of you know superheroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so I, I heard about this and I was like, well, I need on that drug. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need I need the this image stuff. I need to see what it's about. Right. You know, so of course I picked up the first Young Blood. I still actually own my copy that I picked up because nice. for That's me awesome. it's historically it's just, interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, I, it's a not a very good comic book, but I like the fact that I I bought off the rack when it came out sure. the first Image book. Sure, that and funny means enough, something weirdly to me. Of course, no, sure. And funny enough, that that book isn't uh, officially published by uh, Image. It was Homage, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was uh, Malibu. It was Malibu. Malibu. It was one of those weird offshoots. Yeah, they when they started, they had to have another house to help them publish to actually actually make the books because they were such in a scramble that they yeah, were like. We Malibu have to. was a very small publishing company that it later got bought by Marvel. They <laughs> later got bought by Marvel. So, yes, but ironically, but, um, <laughs> and you can look this stuff up online. It's really hilarious. Uh, at this time, Youngblood was the one that launched. That was the number one, and that came out and millions of copies. Um, it was so popular that Spike Lee did a. Uh, Commercial with Rob Liefeld. Uh, well, at the time, Spike Lee was t- it was tagged to do commercials with um, creators. Yes, right. So he's done actually a few of them. 
But I think one of the first ones was with, with Liefeld. That's uh, yep. great. Uh, and uh, he went on to the Dennis Miller show. You can find that online, which is really hilarious. He's in his jeans and his t-shirt and his ball cap. and his That's all, right. Yep. The he's like, yeah, I'm an artist and I and, do artist things. And guess what? And guess what? <laughs> You'll love this. Everyone in the audience got a young blood number one. Oh. Um, it's so, like Oprah all over again. Oh. Yeah. People are crying. No, so, so, um, and so, uh, so the books that we'll just go through them really quick. Uh, Tommy McFarlane did Spawn. Yes. Eric Larson did Savage Dragon. Yep. Um, Rob Liefeld did Young Blood. Uh, Will Spertasio did Wetworks. Mark Which Silvestri. Got, that was a mess. Yeah, Mark Silvestri. That was the biggest mess out of all. Of them, <laughs> got, did um, Cyberforce. Jim Lee did Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And Jim Valentino did Shadowhawk. But it, the Shadowhawk stuff, came, like the Shadowhawk and the Wetworks stuff, came out second tier or second phase. I yeah, think. in the second yeah. phase. Because yeah. they, because the the Wetworks stuff, he, he actually, I remember him announcing it in previews, and I remember picking up previews and looking at it and be like, oh, this is gonna be really cool. The art looks really good. You know, there are a bunch of like deep black op kill everything kind of guy oh this right. is gonna be great you know yeah. blood and guts and guns and shit uh-huh. so I was super stoked for that it was like nine months before that thing showed up oh good yeah. great. it yeah. was ridiculous how late that book was <laughs> you have no idea how much I was just like mm, no <laughs> so these drop and what happens with Image? Well, just a so, firehouse, right? It well, just well, they all became slid. rich superstars. They, they became yeah. super overnight. They became, yep, yes. they became what, so what if we were all sitting here and we were all like the, you know, low rent schlubs that we are right now? Yeah. And then tomorrow we make up, we wake up and we all have a million bucks. Yes. Yeah. What would you do? Yes. Right. Well, so so there's some really this interesting. Is my favorite part about Image. This is this is, this <laughs> is my favorite part. This is some of my uh, favorite stuff in the documentary that I watched and uh, that I heard. But um, uh, they went out and bought cars. Of course you did. Uh, yeah. Uh, they went out and they just went crazy. Uh, the only person, um, well, and he's I mean, one of my favorite. I, I, uh, I, I will cre- say this: creators. I'm not. I'm not going to tell the stories, but there were some fun, interesting stories that Benitez told sure. us about oh, yeah. the early days of Image of when <laughs> sure. he was, because he was the th- second or third wave, wave of artists yes, that were brought yes. in. Yeah, and because well, they would, they would just that, bring yeah. artists in and then try them uh, out. Well, th- that's yeah. And your stuff either say. flew or it washed, and you were gone. Yeah, that's how uh, it worked. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're that, all spending money. They're all spending. They're all spending money like crazy. I'm um, the one person who didn't, um, and uh, again, uh, I think he's a very smart person. Was uh, Eric Larson? Uh, when he made his millions of dollars, he saved it all, because in his words, uh, he knew that someday it would end, uh-huh. and that he didn't want to. He wants to do comics the rest of his life, uh-huh. so that's why he still does Savage Dragon. He's the only Image founder who has not stopped. Um, doing his, his right from the initial day he started, yep. and he has never changed that. That it's been going. <laughs> it's, since he's then. been he's been the creator for it, yeah. And yeah. he's been drawing it, and drawing writing it. it, yeah. Every single issue. Well, he's but, uh, he's had guests come in, like Jim Lee did a cover here and there. He had friends correct. come in and do covers, but, but he's done the book. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is and even in the the super low times when that book wasn't selling for yeah. shit. He put up the money. Yeah, exactly. It's the only book that he basically, because right. he's got the money well, yeah, from he, all the he has stuff, the, he'll just he put has up the money the, for it. Uh, the Image Founders have the um, uh, the right to publish their books in Image for all eternity. Just those couple guys. Right. Uh, most of them don't do it anymore, and right. people like Rob Liefeld um, took their studios away and then brought them back. Yeah, Wildstorm got Leifeld bought up got by... <laughs> Well, we'll get into uh, he the, got the life biggest mess, damn head. Yes. <laughs> well, so, so 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 yeah. So basically, so everything was getting crazy. People were point, going they're nuts. Legit having like your rock star parties. They're having rock star parties. Absolutely. Um, Jim Lee and those guys. All said of that a they sudden, had... comic book artists are rock stars, and I don't yep. know how that happened, but yep. awesome. Um, yeah, they they would. Um, oh, there's a great sell set out. of cards from about that time. Yeah, it was like superstar artists <laughs> of the comic book industry. Awesome. It is the best card set to go out there. It is awesome. We might actually still have some. I think store. we might have some. I mean, <laughs> look at some. these. But they're they're great, man. Like you could see, they they look they, they look like they stepped right out of the eighties. Oh yeah, and they're like a bunch of preppy kids. Just, just awesome. nerds that got money, and we're yeah, like, well, rock stars. Have like, well, I'm gonna go buy a big ass. I'm house Guns in the and car. Roses now. Yep. We're um, just gonna rock out, man. One of my favorite stories in the documentary that they said was um at Liefeld Studios Extreme. Uh-huh. Him and uh, him, some of his guys, they were hanging out one day, and um. Uh, Liefeld had a Ferrari (laughs) and he let the guy who he hired to dress up as Bad Rock from Youngblood Uh uh, drive it and he (laughs) crashed it and totaled the car (laughs) And he came and told Liefeld in the costume 
<laughs> and Liefeld said, it doesn't matter, I'll just buy a new one. <laughs> this is, oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, McFarlane, well, McFarlane, what he did, of course, we all know now, he saved up and he spent it on making another company, uh, Todd McFarlane Productions, The Toys. Yep. Uh, and, you know, making another toys. Another in his works. Yep. Uh, that's a whole different... Mr. Visionary. Th- yep. Yeah. It's a whole different thing um, that he did there. Uh, and, of course... At this time, um, things were going great, and they were making millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, the pay for, like Sean was saying, they would see tons of different artists. And they found Michael Turner. They found, um, uh, like I said, Benitez and J. Scott Campbell. And they found all these people. And they said, hey, do you want to make... Two hundred thousand dollars for one comic book. Come work for us. Yeah. And who's gonna pass who's, that up? Yeah. Who is not going to say yes to that? But then, so then, um, so that keeps going, uh, and then that's the boom of the industry. Absolutely. Uh, we are at the peak of comic book. The, the peak's right. going on. Like we we were just celebrating two hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Yes. And units. and every what? issue of Image, the lowest it got was one million copies. Yeah. So that shows you where wow. we were at. The, the subsequent copies, they kind of... Well, yes. They were padding numbers <laughs> well, sure. on. So well, sure. a lot of the image people were buying their own books and warehousing them. Well, sure. Yeah, but we're also talking about so X-Men that they, and all so that, that selling eight million. million. Numbers. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're celebrating 250. I know. We're talking about 8 million comics. It's a different world. <laughs> even even different if we're at 1 the, million the, comics. The inflated sense of worth of these comic books right. has come back down crashing to yes. the, oh, yeah. the so, ground. And it's not the same as it used to be. Oh. That's why you don't sell... Eight million copies. You just can't. No, yeah. you can't. So at the time, uh, we learned our lesson here in the nineties. <laughs> slowly but surely. Uh, then, because you know, if you're a smart, creative business person, uh-huh. Richie, if you're making a million dollars doing one comic book, what happens if you did two? Right. How many? Co- I'm looking at two million. Okay. What happens if right. you did three? That's a solid three mil there, at least. So, so people start saying. <laughs> so people start going, hey. I have a studio. I have sixty people that work for me. Let's put out six, six. books. <laughs> Or whatever, right? Whatever it was, and slowly they real they started to see that that wasn't sustainable, especially people that um, were trying to go crazy like Liefeld, who were trying to do tons of books and trying to pencil them himself. Right. Uh, he missed deadlines, and again, when we talked about from the retail aspect, retailers deadlines. were ordering thousands and thousands of copies yeah. because on a Wednesday somebody would go. Give me a long box of Young Blood number one. Just give me a whole. Ye- mm-hmm. And and that's how it well, happened. Not to jump ship here, but like the other. I remember in when the death of Superman happened in that Black Bag comic. Yep. I absolutely remember not being able to get into my own comic book store. That I knew the guy was there religiously every week. I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in to buy a single copy of that that comic book because people were walking out with long boxes of it. Yeah. It was like yeah. that in the 90s. Yep. The fervor yeah. was real, man. And yes. it was real for the image comics as well. And you can well. see some awesome right. uh, videos of people uh, like waiting in line to meet McFarlane and the image founders. And they go, as soon as I get this signed, I'll be able to put myself through college on this comic book. They had no idea. Uh, they no had, one had a day. They, they had an idea. But anyway, so what began to happen towards the middle 90s there was that um, books were missing. Uh, they were shipping late or they were getting canceled. And, um, again, if your basis, and this happened across the industry, Marvel and DC as well, mm-hmm. that all these big events and all these big things were happening, and people were coming in droves to buy long boxes of comics, and then the bottom fell out. Uh, and there's a, there's a really funny, speaking of your number, there's a really funny part in the uh, documentary where Rob, everyone remembers coming into the studio, seeing Rob Liefeld, hands, head in his hands, shaking his head. He goes, I don't know what we're going to do. And they said, what's wrong? He goes, our first book hit 300,000 copies. <laughs> you know? Right. He's like, he's like I that's, don't know what's going to happen. That's devastating in the 90s. Yes. That is like... You are not selling comic books anymore. Exactly. So, um, so. Well, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say so. Um, so people started getting angry. They started not getting paid, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff started happening. Uh, well, there started to be disagreements. There started. Yep. So Todd McFarlane sat seven. down. <laughs> Todd McFarlane had a big meeting, and he basically yelled at everybody, especially Rob Liefeld, and said, "You need to bring out books." If you bring well, out a book, part of the problem was Rob Liefeld was also going outside of Image with Maximum. Yeah, and he was—he had his own other separate publishing company that he was putting more into than his Image stuff. Yes, right. And, and he, he was, was also going yes. around trying to steal other 
yes. three other Image Founders um, artists. The biggest like one, Mike Turner. Yeah, Michael Turner was brought in by Mark <laughs> Silvestri and Top Cow, and Michael Turner uh, told so him and Michael every don't single get along day, so well. <laughs> every single day. Um, uh, he would get calls from other companies going, come work for us, right. work on our book. And that really made M- Mark Silvestri angry. And Mark Silvestri said, I'm leaving. Yeah, he took Top Cow and bailed. Well, he said, I'm leaving. He, he, no, or... he straight up bailed for a while. <laughs> well, yeah. He didn't say, I'm leaving, or he's like, I'm out of here. I don't give a shit about this guy anymore. Yes. I'm leaving. So the image founders got together and said, we'd rather have Mark than Rob. <laughs> than Rob. Oh. And then, well, but part of the reason was because Rob had his outside. Yes, it was basically, right. it was, 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 was kind of like the whole Enron thing where he's yeah. like, well, here's this company, but I can't remember which CEO is Fastow. One yeah, of them, like one of them had his own extra companies that they would sell Enron stock where they would, hey, we would have his own ghost companies buy right. um, stuff off of Enron to look like it would pad the numbers. Well, he had his. He he wasn't exactly doing that, but right. he had his own separate companies where he was putting more energy, and he didn't give a shit about his. Yeah. Much. So so they right. so they all got together, and they and kicked him out. He they actually he left before they kicked. Well, they, him out. they 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 did leave. Yeah. <laughs> you he, can't he fire was me. Strongly I quit. advised to leave, and he <laughs> yes. goes, "Well, fine. I give up my." He gave up his image partnership and bailed. Right? Yes. And, and he then took, and of course when he bailed, Silvestri said, "Okay, well, I'll bring I'll, back. I'll Tom come Cat. back." Okay. Um. Then after that, t- then slowly, um, Jim Lee, um. He was getting really overwhelmed because he had the biggest company out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was employ- employ- employing tons of people. Um, and he uh, happened to just one day uh, sell to DC Comics. <laughs> and he sold everything yes, uh, he to did. them. And McFarlane even says in the thing that Jim Lee's um, dream was always to be a publisher or the owner of either either Marvel or DC. Yeah. Uh, more than even being a millionaire. And so he's like, well, he did that. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, because it got to the point, and that, was, that, that wasn't until... Well, Wildstorm like, sold in the early... It was like 2004? Yeah, early yeah. 2000s, yeah. Because he had brought in Alan Moore to do ABC as another sub-publishing yeah. company, or another company uh-huh. under Image, under, under Wildstorm. Under Wildstorm. And then, of course, Alan Moore gets sold to DC with all of other Jim Lee no. stuff. And he, he was not very... so well with Alan Moore. No, he was not very happy. Um, so, but they, they, they... Like Zach said, he took all of his creations, he took all of his work, and it got morphed into... DC. DC Comics. Into DC Comics. Um, and then, and again, uh, we're talking late 90s, early 2000s. The industry's changing. People are going nuts. Um, again, uh, people like Todd McFarlane got into toys. He um, brought started in Greg Capullo and he brought in other baseballs. people doing baseballs. Uh, Eric Larson. <laughs> Millions of dollars on baseball. Uh, yep, Eric Larson <laughs> didn't do anything except for do his book in his house, and that's I it. Love for it. Eric Larson went. This is the direction well, we're the going, funny thing is, and that's my trajectory. Yeah. Let's go. Well, I know Eric Larson was very smart with how he kept oh, yeah. his money. Yeah. He, he, he had a focus of what exactly what he wanted to do, yeah. and he's one of the most outspoken people in that entire group. <laughs> yes, he is. If you ask him his opinion, he will absolutely tell he you exactly what, what he thinks and not sugarcoat a <laughs> damn you. bit of yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I've met the man, and I he, love him because he's he is like... So, just straightforward. There's no bush. I burned that shit to the ground <laughs> when I was five, yes. so we're going to go straight you at have this. To, yes, yes. <laughs> and some people... I'm, can't deal with him. Yes, I'm, I'm very happy that I met Sean first before I met Eric Larson because I'm used to the just, uh, you know, because when I met him, he's like, what do you need signed? I go, here. And I was like, I love your artwork. He goes, you want a print? You want a, uh, you want a figure? It's 200 bucks. I'll do it. I was like, well, I don't have the money right now. He goes, let me know. He wasn't mean. He wasn't. He just was like, boop. Yeah, he's like, here you go. Um but uh, but so so that started happening, um, and like I said, everyone started kind of breaking away. Mark Silvestri wasn't doing much; he was still the you know founder of Top Cow, but they were bringing out books like Witchblade and uh, wasn't Valentino Darkness. the only one that's actually like the editor in chief? Uh, Val- Valentino became the publisher, the publisher of Image. And he's, he's the absolute, and he was the one who the decided. To, yeah. and he he was he the completely one. stopped doing art, stopped doing everything. <laughs> yes, and he decided <laughs> he was the one who really pushed Image to be a. Um, a uh, f- a place for artists to come, not just um, the big people, right. not just oh hey you're the number one selling artist come to Image. Well, he's no, the he why wanted to a saga. He's the reason why there's a Walking Dead. Yes, the Rocket Girl. So yes. he's the reason why all of those were able to take off and do good. Yeah, exactly. He's, that's what I was gonna say. So it, it's actually him and Larson. Has and Larson had some. Of so now we bring it into now. Yeah, Image has been around. And is currently pretty much years? you can put yeah uh, well, 25, 25. 
25. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, that's 25 yeah. years. Duh. Um, it's on the yeah, floor, it's right on the there. Floor we're looking right at. Of us, yeah. <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. So, for so all let's the discuss what did. Image did with seven crazy guys. Yeah. Doing something insanely different and risk risking it all, then yes. nailing it. And then blowing it, and then kind of splintering, and then kind of molding well, together after, something like after new. They, after yes. they got to kind of really get out there and do what they wanted to do, when they splintered back, they kind of settled into other things they wanted to do. Because as you go get older, you sure, change. Right. Like he said, Jim well, Lee decided, well, I'm going to go be part of DC. Like, yes. I don't know. That's fine for me. Right. That's what I. That's yeah. what I want. I want to go be, you know, yep. publisher extraordinaire at DC. I, that's right. what I want. So and that's what he yes. does. And well, and so and so, so McFarlane always wanted the freedom to do whatever the hell McFarlane wanted to do, and, and that's what he does. That. And that's yeah. exactly that's what he does. So the big thing, um, and this is going into that eighth uh, partner that you're talking about in the early 2000s, Image was okay. Image was not the juggernaut that it is now. No. Um, and people, some people who enjoyed Image were buying them, and they went okay. Um, yeah, it, it had settled down because of the. Fantastic. So the the overhyped, super glossy, really shiny art that was selling the books was not coupled with any kind of a story. The stories yeah. were very, very that we didn't talk about rudimentary that's very true. and very elementary. Yes, they were not very good. The, they the are the epitome were, of what you want to call the cape and things. They were, yeah, just, they they were. You could pin it up on a wall and give it a prime example of. Yep. This is all flash. This is what you do with, with yeah, a superhero. With no comic. real sizzle. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's nothing really. Yep. Here. So damn did it look. So good. so it tanked a lot of the books. Yeah. And a guy on by the name of Robert Kirkman, uh, never heard of him. Was asked <laughs> to pitch his comic book Walking Dead, and um, Valentino said, "No, terrible. Nobody cares about zombies. It's a terrible idea." Yeah. And uh, Eric Stevenson, uh, who's also been with the company since like the beginning, uh, who's now the publisher, was helping him out and said and told you know Kirk, told Kirkman come up with something unique, you know something unique for the zombies and we'll do your book. And so Kirkman said, okay, check it out. What I didn't tell you was that the zombies were created by aliens, and the aliens were put uh, were putting the zombies there for the eventual take you know taking over. Yeah. So for the first arc for the first little beginning part of it it's going to be a zombie thing I'll put little clues in there that it'll be um, aliens and then you know and then it'll be a big reveal and Valentino and them said fantastic let's do the book after three issues they said hey where's the alien stuff and he said I didn't do any alien stuff I just wanted you to publish my book Um, and (laughs) I love him and I freaking love him so much. <laughs> and so that book... Yeah, but the book ended up exploding. Right. Exploding. And, and and he was worried. I remember Kirkman absolutely saying, yeah, I was completely worried that this book was going to fail. Sure. And I was going to be starving. And uh-huh. I was never going to be able to publish another comic book. Because at the time, he had done Capes. And he sure. had done... Yeah. He was Battle actually Pope. was doing Invincible. He did Battle Pope. He did... He had worked on projects before. They were, well, they were all right yeah. received. They weren't great. Yeah. Right. But Walking Dead was the one Walking where... Walking Dead number by one the third issue, copies. It, the, the word of Bud or the word of mouth and the buzz on the book became so huge Correct. that it had quadrupled as far as sales went. Yeah. And it was every book it sold double the number of the previous book pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so so after a while and them making um, you know a ton of money for Image and all the stuff we know about Kirkman and Walking Dead. This, yeah, this, this uh, all happened about the issue 48 to yeah. 50-ish Kirkman mark. Kirkman said, hey, we need to get the band back together. He's the one who brought and made everyone talk to Liefeld again. He's the one who made everyone talk to this was after everybody all else again. Not so good feelings. Exactly. He's weirdly a Liefeld fan. Yes, he is. Which he is. But he's, um, he, he's, uh-huh. he's, he, he, it was one of those things. Because growing up, I mean, he was... Yeah. He's around my age, so he was, you know, wowed by all the image sure. stuff and that you could go do this. Sure. So he loved the image books. Yeah. So he brought them back together. He got the six back together, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Liefeld is now again part of Image. Yep. And um, when because of this, they did something they haven't done ever before, and they made Kirkman the eighth Image partner. Correct. So now he is official uh, Image partner well, as your, well. When your book is outselling all of the other Image books combined. By a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe you're doing something okay yep. for the company. Uh, to celebrate this, they decided to do something called Image United, well, even before all we're this, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> even before all four this, issues. remember the the interview, or they were sitting at was it a comic? Which I don't remember which comic con it was. I don't remember San Diego. I don't remember where it was, but McFarlane was up on the stage and he was talking and you know doing his whole spiel, and, and he went to yes. question time. Yes. And Kirkman stood up and asked him a question. Mm. 
and I don't remember what the hell the question was. Is that like when are you going to draw comics again? It was yes. something like yes, that. Yes, it was yeah. when you're going to draw comics again. And then uh, <laughs> McFarlane looks at me. He's like, "Don't you do a book for us?" <laughs> yes. And he's like, "Yeah, I do. I do Walking Dead." Uh, uh, <laughs> and he was like, you make a lot of money for us. <laughs> so yeah. That's actually what spurred the conversation of him right. becoming a partner. Yes, exactly. That's hilarious. Yep, yep. And, Kirkman um, is hilarious. Yep, and he got the original Image founders, including you and Jim Lee, to bring in some art for a book called Image United. If you were not buying comics back uh, however many years now, almost... It's got to be about 10 years Almost now. 10 years now, which is nuts. Because it was coming out right when we first opened yeah, the store. Yeah, that's crazy. And it got, hey, to, like, it got to issue... F- Four. Four. Yeah. Um, six th- issues. So we were back right in the nineties image days <laughs> with the book yep. incomplete. The basic the basic premise was everybody was going to get I feel um, like if you're gonna do an image like uh, homage comic, it, it shouldn't complete. Yeah. yeah it was you, you gotta um, end it. Yeah, the the original and it was gonna be written by Kirkman and it was gonna be all the original um characters from image and days. The original artists working on the original characters. Yes. Which they did. And it was really cool. Those first four issues were cool, except for we never got any more. Um, we didn't get the story to end. That's the only. That was the biggest bummer. Um, I, well, most of the parts are done. Most, right. yeah, yeah. So Kirkman takes over, and now, and I feel like this is now the nature of the beast that is Image is that you have amazing idea, yeah, some fantastic execution, and its biggest plight is essentially the self-sustaining of it all. Yes. You have to feed that train. Yes. You know? that, that's one of the things that, that a lot of people don't understand with Image Comics, even to <clears throat> this day. Image Comics, when whatever book you love from Image Comics, if you're listening right now and you love Blank Comic, that writer, that artist, they, that that colorist, that letterer, uh, inker, all that, it's up to them to get the book out. Right. Image will take the comic once it's sent to them in a you know email or uh, you know however they get it and they go cool we can now publish issue four of this series right if you if they do not receive that they do not call they do not uh threaten you they don't say we're not going to pay you nope. they just say cool cool <laughs> and they walk away and they walk away and then if and then again like sean was saying if because of you know because in the industry if you take too long people you know stop reading you yeah. so if you send an issue four and before you were selling fifty thousand copies but now you sold three well you still got to pay image for that two thousand, thank you. We're gonna take that out of your mm-hmm. your paycheck or whatever, and um, that's just the way it goes. So it's one of those things where, like you're talking about recently in the industry, where people said, "Man, what, what's happening with Seven to Eternity? What's happening with Black Science? What's Rocky Girl's a great example? Rocky we just Girl. started getting well, Amy, of Rocky Amy and Brandon went off to do Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur for Marvel. Uh huh. And they so stop they, doing kinda, rock and they put rock and roll on hold, and they can do that. And they image. have the absolute choice to go do that. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, and just like Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips that we talked to early, uh, you know, a couple podcasts ago, they can do whatever they want because they signed a contract saying you can do whatever format, however long you want. They can do a one shot. They can do a twelve issue series. They can do an ongoing two-year book if they want to. It doesn't matter for them, but it's up to them to do it. There's no editors that call and say, hey, Kirkman, you're There's late no on Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that is a, a good thing and a bad thing. It can, it can be both, you yes. know? So, I mean, it works for a lot of people in Saga. I would just say... This or a little bit of that. I would just say that <laughs> if you're into independent um, creation and really dig those kind of stories, the, the biggest trick is to not only support it yourself... But see if you can find other people into it, and then be patient. Um, I talked to Kyle Higgins about Cowl because I really love Cowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowl was good. Yeah, and he we I talked about it. I was like, when is the next one coming out? And he, like Kyle Higgins is art quite a lot. And, and he looked at me and he's like, when I get the money. <laughs> <laughs> he was honest about it. He was yep. working for Nightwing. He's like, I, I worked for DC for a little bit. I gained a little money, and I put it out. You know, yep. Yep. Uh, Cal's based off a freaking uh, dissertation he did for college. Yeah. That uh, of you know, what if superheroes yep. had a union? Exactly. Know? And he just wanted to do it, and that's he found some money when he started early on Nightwing and started that run in New Fifty Two, and then he built enough money up to go to Image with his Cal idea, and they were like, sure, whatever. Sure. Pay us the money. You can do what you want. Yep. And uh, it's stopped. It's currently done. Yep. Because he's gotta he's gotta get the money. Yep. But as an independent, per- as a person that loves the idea of independent and owning your own stuff and his idea, sure. I'll wait. 
I'm sure. waiting when he gets that money. When yeah, Cal- but not everybody will wait with you. Correct. Yeah, that's the bad and part. And that's the that's the point I'm trying to preach is that if you like this stuff, you gotta hold on and you gotta wait. Exactly. You gotta push. Maybe if you talk to someone that's like, I've never heard of Cowl or I've never heard of Saga, you go read these. Yes. Go buy them. You know? Exactly. Because that money will eventually get to them, exactly. which is not necessarily what happens in Marvel or DC. Sure. Yeah. But again, these guys um, to kind of wrap up here, uh, they changed the industry. They did help the. Um, creators uh, even at Marvel and DC where now like Sean said that yes you you know you have to sign an exclusive or you have to do certain things but they will provide you with a paaycheck uh, uh, health care uh, yes. things they definitely like that change the uh, business uh, Paul Levitz was also industry. huge about this for giving creators credit and for getting uh, royalties DC and Paul Levitz were one of the first ones to give royalties so every time you printed a trade paperback of some artwork that you did you get a cut of it Is for a long time that did not happen dollars uh, yes, he was. Yes, yes. So Morrison became a millionaire. Yes. He got one dollar. He yeah. got one dollar for every copy of, of Arkham Asylum. Arkham yep. Asylum. And so when they sold like three they million sold copies, the, yeah, they sold, he would. Yeah, Karen called him up and said, "Just want to let you know you're a millionaire." Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. He was like, so, "Sweet, I'll send you scripts. I'm gonna go do a shit ton of drugs and yeah, I'm gonna go travel the world." <laughs> so these guys, and that's exactly what he did. So these guys definitely changed the industry. Um, as Sean said, I really think it's fun to look at the early '90s image stuff. Yes, uh, I. I definitely think come. It and brings bu- me back definitely yeah, when I was yeah, in high school. Exactly. When I was in high school and I was looking at yeah. this stuff and I was like so blown away by this art is so dynamic and you try to yeah. read it you're like this is it's so my god I can't get through <laughs> the page to read. Like uh, well, Spawn was really good and then Spawn like some, of, good, some yeah. of the second wave stuff. Like I loved Max. Max was yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. You know like, like books like that I just absolutely loved. But Brigade could have lived without that one. <laughs> you know it wasn't really my thing. And I and have, to an extent I didn't really like Young Blood very much because right. it was. A, Written by somebody who is the mentality of a middle school. <laughs> well, I mean, he, 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 but at that time, he he was the audience in the 90s. I know he was. So for 90% of everyone who went into a comedy shop in the 90s, that's exactly, he got, gave them exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for that time, he was one of the biggest guys. Well, in and the I loved, industry. I love their idea for Image when they first came out. Like all the titles of the books coincided with another book that was like that book. Yes. So when you put them alphabetically uh, yes. on the shelf, they would be next to X Men or they would be right. next to. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Spider Man spot. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. They exactly X-Men Youngblood. did that mm, exactly. just to make it so you'd have to go, Wildcat, so what's this? <laughs> right. oh, hey, look, this is. Yeah. Oh, it's Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Again, um, if you have not checked this out, uh, definitely check out the Image Revolution documentary. It's fantastic. There have been a couple of books made about this. Um, it's a fascinating story. Stuff Most we of you lived into. through it, and you didn't even know yeah, how crazy it got. Yes, and getting into was, some of the nitty-gritty is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and things like, uh, again, like I said, uh, offshoots of this is going to be the Miracle Man Neil Gaiman stuff, which is a whole other podcast in itself. So, I yeah. mean, this was an industry-changing thing. If you have not checked this out, um, check out their book. Check out you know, some of the story. It's mm-hmm. super fascinating. And to see you know kind of what happened nice uh real quick before we sign off i want to announce that we are doing our live show oh yes you want to get this done by 60 right 60 so So the very next episode we're going to do a uh, live stream uh it's still going to be a podcast so for for some reason you count don't have facebook or something it'll still be available to listen to but if you want to ask us questions can't quit now. If you want, if late. you want to ask us questions, um, Richie and I, we're going to be, we will put this up. We'll do a live stream while we're podcasting. Yep. And Sean will be there too. Sean will be there too. And mm-hmm. uh, people can ask us questions, and uh, we're willing to answer anything. Uh, you can ask us any question in the world. Just be prepared that the. Um, answer may be uh, i can't believe you asked that you're a terrible person now leave yeah uh that's you know <laughs> but you can ask it it's fine if you want to ask it um so uh if you want to ask what our favorite color is that's fine too yeah um so uh we'll take questions it's going to be a lot of fun i think we're going to do it for the hour yeah and um so watch for social media for the announcements share yes. the crap out of it because yes. we want to hear from a ton of you absolutely and uh it's only going to be a success with you we're inviting you into the podcast and mm-hmm. we'll hear your thoughts yep absolutely so until then we'll talk hey, to you crazy. later yep see you Thanks, next week
city blows Cagney is the news Does the giant ring a bell Boy, it's the Hudson East River cruise It's the Empire State of Boots Oh, you know the story well